Mumon Kong, case 38. Go, go so's buffalo. Go so said. A buffalo tries to pass through a lattice window. Its head, horns, and four legs can all pass through. Why is it that the tail cannot? Mumon's verse. Passing through, falling into a ditch. Turning around, all is lost. This tiny little tail, what a strange thing it is. here on day three of Sashin. And it's clear to me that minds are settling. The mind of Sashin, the mind of the group, and individual minds as well. This is evident in the smoothness of our moving together, despite some fumbling. Chanting each morning, more harmonious, more unified. The work of practice can seem so repetitive. And the mind can arise that says, I'm not getting anywhere. My mind's still running around. Minds are settling. There's an analogy around practice comparing practice to walking through mist. So you walk through a large field, misty field, and the mist is so thin 
don't even notice it. But by the time you've crossed the field, even partially crossed the field, you're soaking wet. Soaking wet. This work of coming back and coming back and coming back is the walking through the mist. The other analogy is tilling the ground. In our morning chant in the robe verse, we refer to the formless field. So we cultivate this ground that really has no boundary, has no edges. We do the work. And when we do work, when we work on the soil, when we plant seeds, the fruit is not always apparent like that. When fruit arises, it does through so many causes and conditions. Can't take credit for it. So we do our work in a field that's bigger than ourselves. And we do our work <clears throat> again with all beings and for all beings. The picture is so, so much bigger than we think it is. So we turn back to this koan, this strange simile. Something's like a buffalo. And if we leave aside all of the passing through for a moment, leave that aside. This is not a simple koan. This is, this koan in particular has been called um, well, both one of maybe eight most difficult koans, <clears throat> and also the single most difficult koan. Yeah, you know, somebody's opinion. So who knows? So leaving aside all the turning around and passing through or not passing through, we've got this buffalo, and most of it, its torso, its body, all the legs, is on one side. And this teeny tiny part is on the other. So I'm saying our practice is like this. This teeny tiny part is what we tend to identify with. What we tend to notice. 
kind of a shame. As the picture is so much bigger. We are so much bigger than we think we are. But also, just the way it is. Just the way it is. So Sashim progresses, we can see some of the effects of the mind settling over time. We can't see much. We keep going. We keep going. We keep going. It's important as Sashim progresses to renew the commitment to keeping the forms, to keeping silence, to showing up on time, all of it. The kenton that I do in the morning where I walk around the room and we put hands in gusho, that's symbolic of a renewal of that commitment. Okay, here we are, another day, yes. I'm willing to do it all over again. All over again and not all over again. This moment, fresh and new, fresh and new. This moment, another opportunity. This moment, another gift of life. My teacher Jan Chosen Bays like to talk about likes to talk about. Um, she calls it figure ground reversal. So it's the buffalo again. So remembering most of it's on one side, little tiny bit on the other. So this is her analogy, not the buffalo, but this one. Because we're focused on ourselves, say, I'm walking outside, we tend to think of ourselves most of the attention here, most of the attention on the one who's walking, on the figure in the picture, that this was all looked at from the outside, versus the ground. Say I'm walking through the streets out here, through the woods. When I'm selfing, when I'm me, 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 could be with the cogitating mind, could be with the attention, could be both. Most of the attention is on the figure. She suggests instead put the attention on the ground. Try putting the attention on the ground, <clears throat> on the so-called background, is behind everything, hmm. on nature in this case, on the clean air, or in the zendo, on the whole of the room, maybe. And of course things open up. Again, so much bigger than the mind we tend to collapse into, where it's all about the figure. Can we, <clears throat> excuse me, take our practice in a direction 
of less and less about the figure. Learn to be anchored in a bigger picture, much bigger picture, even somewhat bigger picture. Notice the trees, for starters. <laughs> There's another place we can talk about this buffalo showing up. We've been talking about how in Sashin we drop the discriminating mind. When we're just present, there's no good, bad, right, wrong, back, forth, male, female, life, death. It's just this. And then... For some tasks, we're learning to deliberately bring just a little bit, right? See where I'm going with this? Just a little bit. Back in. When we bring not enough back in or not any, passing through, falling in a ditch. Hopefully not literally. When we bring too much in, it's all about me, 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 and my problems. Turning around, all is lost. We lose the way. We lose the present. We lose the ground. So let's set aside this whole buffalo for a bit. I'm going to return to another theme, the theme of appreciation. So maybe you've heard the story, student comes to such and such a Zen master, says what's the essence of Zen, what's the most important thing? And the master says, attention. The student's like, okay, great, got it. Anything else? The master says, attention. And then it happens a third time. That, that's all the student gets is attention, attention, attention. Lots of truth to that story. That is the single thing. No other pointer need be given. This is what we're doing in Sashin. Attention. 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 My Dharma grandfather, my teacher's teacher, said that, I'm sure, but also said, be sure to appreciate your life.
appreciate or attention plus kindness. So to be sure here, there is nothing missing in attention. But sometimes what it's called for, what is called for in meeting the moment, in meeting whatever it is that's ours to meet, is appreciation. Really enjoying or bringing in attention plus kindness. Really noticing because this, whatever it is, is a moment of your life never to come again, never to come again. All the moments of yesterday are dead, they're gone, they are dead. When I can bring in appreciation It's the very best antidote I've found to an aversive state of mind. And I experience a lot of aversion personally. So appreciation. And echoing back on, on yesterday's talk here. Vowing to affirm what is. So appreciation, affirmation, attention... Whatever the right medicine is, bringing that in. And everyone here has very good intuition for that. There is a story, um, again, my teacher's teacher, Maizumi Roshi, um, apparently a student of his hit, hit themselves in the finger with a hammer and was in pain. Ouch, ouch. <laughs> and Maizumi Roshi is said to have said, enjoy it while it lasts. It won't last forever. I'm going to have the experience of hitting my finger with a hammer. I might as well know it. I might as well know what that is. I might as well even appreciate it. Every experience can have a deliciousness to it. And we don't need to go around hitting our hands. The experiences we need to have will come. There's another story that I find especially helpful to feel into with regards to this theme. So in the story, there is a 
young person who is given uh, by a fairy a magical ball of string. And the fairy says, this is a very, very special ball of string. The string is glowing, it's golden. This string is the string of your life. Now put it in a special place, protect it, and be really careful because if you tug a little bit on this string, then that much of your life will go by. So you wouldn't want to unwind this string because then your life would be over, right? So be really, really careful with this. And the young person, maybe eight, ten years old, can see. Well, it's kind of hard to see, but you know, little bits of the string kind of, they just turn um, gray and disappear. And then something starts to happen. The, the person starts to grow up and become eager. So approaching high school graduation, really, really excited about going to school getting trained, beginning their chosen career. And, ooh, if I could just get past this part and get on to my career. Oh, wait a sec, I can. I can just... And so they go and they pull on the string and whoop, there they are. Successful career person. Oh, this is great. You know, I got to just kind of skip the boring parts and get on with the good stuff. And so the story goes on. There's more moments like this. Person meets a partner. They really want to get married, start a family. They just can't wait for that wedding day. So excited, so excited. Ooh, out comes the strain. Just a little, not too far. Oop, just a little more. Oop. Oh, it's my wedding day. Oh, that was great. And so you can imagine there's more moments like this. More times where the impulse is, let's get this dreary stuff over and on with the good stuff. Of course, eventually this less young person now looks down and says, oh my, there's not much string left here. And at some point, understands the truth of every remaining bit being precious. 
all those labels of dreary or boring or aversive. Being extra, being delusion, being suffering mind. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. So I'm going to circle back here to the, to the buffalo and to the rhythm of session. And just say that in my own session practice, most of the work is just this coming back. Coming back to whatever the practice is, breath, body, koan, whatever it is, back, staying with it for as long as I can, then noticing the mind's wandered, coming back. Coming back, also noticing, noticing whatever I can notice. suggestion of taking brief notice of where the mind went. Kind of notice all this as it flies by, but always coming back. So that's most of it. For me, that's, that's the big part of the buffalo. And then sometimes... Yeah, let me back up here a little again. So this koan about the buffalo passing, or in part passing, through the window uh, is an important one for me. It's one that's grabbed hold of me. It's one that I have not fully penetrated. It's one that's interesting. It's one that I can find what I call a doubt mass with, meaning it's interesting, meaning I kind of know, I don't quite know, I'm inspired to look, 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 look. Sometimes, occasionally, this much of the time, relatively, I have a moment where I feel like I can look. I feel like now. I can peer into this koan again. I can peer into... There's so many little pieces of it. The, the nub that I'm working with. The part that I'm curious about and see. See if I can see something more. Something uh, more clearly. Something new. Always open to it being something new. Something surprising. And then that kind of clear space, which is ideal for this kind of exploration, goes, I've got a different mind state, and I'm back to just, I'm back to cultivating the field. 
So please do um, keep gentle watch over your own mind. Please do keep going. Keep cultivating that formless field for the benefit of all beings. I will close with some words I found. It's a translation, um, words of the poet Pablo Neruda. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving, and for once could do nothing. Perhaps a huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. Let the huge silence interrupt this small sense, this mistaken sense of who we are. Thank you. Oh.